0: Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now you please bear with me. It's going to take me a minute to get started, but I'm the one with the microphone right now. So you'll have to just bear with me. Hallelujah. I want to thank all of you and praise every one of you for being here this morning. You are the best people. You are the absolute very best. I love you all so very much, but I want to give honor to And thanks to some people, I asked my wife because when she texts me Thursday, or I think she texts me Tuesday and said, Hey, they're coming over on Thursday to make the strawberries. I said, they're coming over our house. I said, what are we going to do with our petting zoo? Where are we going to put them? Because we have three dogs and two cats and five birds and a snake. So I was like, where are we going to put all that? And so, yeah, we, oh, snakes, the best. Yeah, Petey. Yeah, Sister Beth got to come see her best friend. So, yeah. Yeah. But, so anyways, um, I want to thank some people for coming and working very hard. First of all, Brother George, thank you so much for the strawberries. Thank you so very, very much. If you if you got the strawberries, you know they are phenomenal. They are exceptional. Amen. And, you know, and my wife, when she texts me, um, about three o'clock, she's like, Hey, when you get home, you may have to help. And I was like, well, I'm great at eating them. I don't know about making them. Um, so when I got home at like six, six 30, I thought I was going to be like the guy that came in with a cape on my shoulders coming to save the day. But basic, I got there, they were cleaning up. So I know that for brother DJ and sister Nada and sister Nikki and sister Mary, sister Perlene and, uh, sister Beth and sister Hale. And my wife even put down your wife. Like, I didn't know she didn't help, but, so I know for all these people, you worked extremely, extremely hard so that when Pastor Rob and I got there, we were there just for the emotional support. So, and we provided extreme emotional support. Yeah, we did. Um, so thank you all for your extreme effort. Um, and I am beyond thankful, especially Sister Hale and Sister Beth, because you made some extra strawberries for my son and for Bailey, because they, because of his allergies, he can't have regular chocolate. And so they went out of their way to make some special strawberries for him. So thank you so very, very much. And thank you to all of you that bought and sold it's for the two thousand dollars that go straight into the building fund. So so super, super uh thankful to that. Hallelujah. And then before I actually get started here, I had one more thing I wanted to share as a thank you. And I, I shared this with Pastor Rob and Sister Nada that Thursday night. And I just feel like, you know, we give honor to so many people that that definitely deserve it. But there are two people I wanted to give honor to today and that is Pastor Rob and Pastor Green. Absolutely. They deserve that. And I told them why, and I'll share that real quickly, and here's why. Because when it's first mentioned, obviously, when you have co-pastors, And obviously from the background I've I've come from, and you've come from a a business or a corporate professional background, you always think of that, hey, you've got to have somebody at the top. And we know Jesus is at the top. God is at the top. He will always be at the top. But you come at thinking at a decision-making level that somebody has to make the final decisions. And it's like, okay, as you're making decisions, at some point in time, somebody, whether it become just personal disagreement, just, you know, opinion making something, there's going to be some sort of disagreement at some point in time. I like green. I like blue. Well, how are we going to decide? Let's go with red. You know, there's going to be some sort of disagreement. It's not possible, right? It's just not going to happen. And just my own personal skepticism, just being human is like this, you know, somewhere there's going to be a disagreement and I'm going to see it. And within the last year plus, I've never seen these two gentlemen ever have conflict. Even if they've had differing of opinion, they have always found a godly way to work it out. Because they know that first and foremost, this is all for God. This is all for God's glory. This is all for God's church. And that secondly, this is secondly all for you. This is not for them. This is not for their benefit. This is for you to be led closer to him. And so it doesn't matter if they get their way. It doesn't matter if, okay, then I'm going to trump you and get what I want out of that. Because that doesn't further God's kingdom. and It doesn't get you closer to him. So I am beyond amazed and astounded. And I am beyond blessed to see these two men work and lead. And I am beyond blessed to be part of this. So I'm fully want to give them honor and thankful to be part of this. Hallelujah. So I am, I'm done with that part. Now, if you want to turn in your Bibles, I have actually two selections, both in two very differing places. So if you want to, it's in Jeremiah chapter two and John chapter seven, if you want to great, if not, you can just trust me or hopefully it'll be up on the, on the video board. If not. John, Jeremiah, um, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 2 and 13 and John 7 and 38. If you'll stand with me for the reading of the word, hallelujah. Jeremiah 2 and 13. Jeremiah said, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can no can hold no water. And then in John 7 and 38, it says, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Speaking of living water, hallelujah. You can put your Bibles down and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Father, Lord, we love you. We praise you and give you glory. Father, help to anoint us today to receive of your word. Help us to be transformed as we leave today. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. I'm going to preach today about let the water flow. Hallelujah. Let the water flow. Now, if someone was to take a simple survey of a collective group of people and ask them what they considered was one of the most powerful things on the planet, planet, what is the most powerful thing you can think of? Some might just say very simple. It's nuclear power. Others might say it's financial might. Some might take it to a scientific level and say it's gravity. Or solar power. Some might say it's a weather catastrophe like a hurricane. Or a tornado. Or maybe it's an earthquake. If you're asked that same group of people, what was the strongest thing on earth? Well, some might say it's the military. Or maybe it's the family unit. Just depends on your ideals, maybe. If they're big into conspiracy theories, they might say it's the Freemasons the new world order, the Illuminati. If you're into politics, you might say it's the Clintons. You might say it's a structure like the pyramids or the Burj Khalifa, maybe Mount Everest. However, if you read the scriptures with me, or if you saw the title of my sermons, you probably already know where I'm going today. There are probably many people, as you saw from that, I would say to both of those where I'm going today is the answer. Water, but if you look at both the pictures, I'm going to ask to come up today, the first being a bottle of water and the second being Mount Kilimanjaro, which looks stronger to you, which looks more powerful. If you had to put both those there, just by trusting your eyes and what's between your ears, you would say the big thing of rock, right? Right. That little bottle of water, that doesn't look very powerful. It surely doesn't look very strong. But then I've got this big, massive mountain of rock, this massive movement of earth. Well, then explain this. Show me another picture, please, Brother Ben. Because here was this water through time and age that just cut right through it like a hot knife through butter. Because through time and persistence and effort and magnitude, magnitude water tears and wears and erodes that same piece of rock. Now I know we call our Lord our rock. That when the floods of this world comes to beat on us, that we know that we can stand on that dry firmament. But when he comes with his living waters, and we have the weight of the world standing on us and just pressing down on us, and that mountain stands before us, and we're worried about trying to get past us, that that living water cuts right through it. It breaks it down. It washes it away. It dissolves and destroys what truly presses us and stresses us. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how strong it is. Just look at the natural world that we live in. Look at what the power of water does to it. Just one foot of moving water can lift a vehicle off the ground and carry it miles away. Flash floods can happen that within less less than 10 minutes, it can rip out boulders and trees and buildings and bridges. One cubic foot of water equals over 62 pounds. Therefore, five cubic feet equals 312 pounds. You're able to drown in less than one little inch of water. Water can be destructive and damaging. Those who experience the effects of Hurricane Katrina, Matthew, Ike, from lives lost to homes destroyed to possessions damaged, there are people today who are still not able to recover from that, all from the simple power of water. However, we also know that water is the source of all natural life here on earth. Up to 60% of the adult body is made up of water. See, it's not fat, folks. I'm just carrying a lot of water. (laughs) 31% of your bones are made up of water. You've got to have water, church. You can tell yourself right now, you have to have water. Because you see, here was Jeremiah in the Old Testament speaking to Israel about the multiple misgivings, and one of them was that they had forsaken the living waters, and the other being that the vessels they were using to even try to carry the water, being themselves had holes in them. If you break it down, it's the most essential premise. They'd stop seeking the living waters of God. John 4 and 14 says, But whoever drinks of the water thou shalt give them will never thirst. But the water thou give shall give them will become in them a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. But the problem is, is we all know that we're human. We sin, we fall, we make mistakes. So what happens is we still get thirsty. We find ourselves going to bad water sources. So we find ourselves getting thirsty because here's the reality. We don't always drink water. We were created to drink water, but how many people drink sweet tea? How many people drink coffee? Dr. Pepper, soda, a Red Bull. Oh, no, no. So Red Bull bad. But all those other things, Dr. Pepper, whoo, mainline me. But you can say, "Man, I'm so thirsty. I need a Dr. Pepper." Oh, and you'll be good for like what, ten minutes, twenty minutes. Then what happens? You're thirsty again. You know why? Because Dr. Pepper doesn't quench your thirst. It doesn't take care of what your body really needs. So you're still really thirsty. You can go around this world all you want, and you can go and drink up everything this world has to offer you, and it may appease you for a short period of time, or maybe a little bit longer, or maybe even a little bit, but the bottom line is you will still eventually find yourself thirsty. You can have more money than Fort Knox. You can have more fame than Bill Gates, but you'll find yourself still thirsty. You can have a bigger title than the Queen of England. And you'll still find yourself thirsty. You can seek the answer of man, church. And bottom line is you'll still be thirsty. The satisfaction of flesh and still be thirsty. You can seek the approval of the world and still find yourself thirsty. It's because you found yourself no longer drinking from the right well. Because see, church, when you look at certain plants, you can see the ones that drink repetitively and often. Certain plants need lots of water like irises and hibiscus, elephant ears, even cattails that live in the water and they drink often and they grow high and they flourish with big plants, big flowers. And then you have plants that don't drink often. They're called cactus. And what do they have on them? Lots of thorns. And though they may try to store up a lot of water inside of them, but what do they have on the outside of them? Lots of needles that prick and they hurt because they don't drink a lot of water. So even so, as you may drink, you may drink rarely or you may even try to drink often as you go to the well, no matter how many times you do, the problem is you may have a bunch of holes in your cistern church. You may have a lot of holes in your vessel. If your water pitcher's busted up it's got cracks in it. You won't do a very good job bringing forth the living water that Christ seeks for you to go and water elsewhere. And that was the second part of Jeremiah's prophecy that lines up with John 7. Out of your body bellies should flow living water. How many people try to carry water from some other place? If I'm sitting downstairs and Nikki says, hey, will you bring me some water? trying to bring her water across the house. It doesn't work very well bringing in my hand. Why? Because it has too many holes in it. It doesn't get to the source that it was intended to get to. So we come into service. We come into God's house. We come into our prayer time, our time of worship, wherever that may be our time of study. We may have a need, a desire, an issue, something that we urgently come into the place in connection of God. And we have our wounds, our gaping wounds, sometimes maybe just leaving a little scar, our problems, our issues, our past and present sins in our lives, because we're human. We're not perfect. We seek perfection, but we're not there. And as Christians born again of the water and of the spirit, God has placed a calling in each of our lives. You may still be trying to find that, not sure where it is yet, but seeking for it. Or some of us, it may have smacked you right between the eyes multiple times. But for all of us, we know that the calling is to share the love and grace of God, to spread this word that God has commanded us. And yet today we come to the well. But some of us won't drink today. Whether it be because of guilt or fear or anger, sadness ego or shame we'll tell god god i want to drink but i'll do it on my conditions i'll drink when i'm ready well if you wait too long you won't be able to drink i'm afraid for others to see my scars because i have to come and open myself up and somebody's going to see my holes i don't want to open up those calloused wounds that i've tried to ignore for so long But the reality is, is you can't heal if you don't drink. Water has an amazing ability to heal church. God is excellent. He's excellent in everything. He creates even water. We don't often think about just how truly powerful and unique water is. Because if you study the science of water, the water structure reacts to any irritation. I mean, just watch the ripples of water as it goes off into a pattern. But its molecules are so organized in clusters that it works as a memory cell, so to speak. Within each memory cell, there are 440,000 information panels that are responsible for the interaction within its own environment, making it the nature's single most malleable computer, second to air. It moves, it flows. According to scientist Rustam Roy, it's a renowned material unlike any other. Whatever water hears, sees, and feels, it becomes a catalyst for change as it copies, memorizes, and transports that information. Japanese researcher Masuro Emoto demonstrated this with water crystals in a project. During his study, he played music, displayed words, and prayed to water while it was freezing And water was frozen and created different crystal shapes distinct with each stimuli it received. It formed different patterns depending on what it received each time. And it was distinct with each pattern. When words and music was positive and loving, intricate crystal shapes appeared. And on the contrary, when the sounds and the words were negative and harsh, incoherent shapes were formed. This research is especially interesting in the light of water's prevalence in our bodies. Water serves as a transporter of energy throughout our body carried by fluid and bodily fluids. It is by the means in which nourishment is circulated throughout our bodies. This flow of water enables us to live active lives, wrote Himoto in his New York Times bestseller, The Hidden Messages of Water. So if you think God can do that with physical water, what do you think he can do with your spiritual water? If you think he can change you with just the water you drink on a daily basis, what do you think he can do when you come to drink from his spiritual water? What are you feeding yourself with today, church? What do you come to drink from? If you want healing from whatever has damaged you, you need to drink from the living waters of Christ. If you were born from this water, then you need to continue to drink from it. No one says, oh, I've had a glass a month ago. I'm good. I don't care how full you are. If you had a glass of physical water a month ago, you're thirsty today. Because if you don't drink, your organs start to shut down. And they begin to deteriorate within seven days. So if your spiritual organs haven't drank in a month, where do you think you would be today? So today you come and you drink. Maybe you come and drink a sip. Maybe you come and you gulp it down. Maybe you come and use a straw and just get a taste. Or maybe you swallow it down with it, pouring down your face. But whatever you drink is between you and your God. But that was Jeremiah's other contention. Does your pot have holes in it? Because the way you transport that water out these doors determines how faulty your pot is when it spills out. Matthew 9 and 17 says, Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins. Or else the wineskins break and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. Because the reality is, is we're not blessed just to bless ourselves. We're not healed just to have healing unto ourselves. Amen. If everything that God provided was just unto us for us, then as soon as we were saved then we would essentially be done and there was nothing else further for this point of life. There'd be nothing else for us to do. We'd be done. But I don't think anybody here essentially believes that. I think that we're all believing and committed to the fact that there's more to give to this life. To giving him glory. To reaching to the lost. To sharing this wonderful truth who Jesus is and who Jesus is through us. To sharing this life-altering water. Those who have been hit by that mountain and don't know about the water that can cut through it. Who've had to deal with catastrophe and lost, searching for answers in every other avenue and they found no relief. Because I've been in that place. I've been in that place with tears streaming down my face. With holes in my life and scars where I've been ripped up. And I've tried salve and I've tried places and I've tried bandages that did not heal them. And I did not know about this water until somebody else shared it with me. But when I found those living waters, Brother Roger, to come and drink from, when I found that truth in Jesus Christ, when I found that uplifting, when I found that endurance, when I found this experience, I'd never go back to that. There was no God like my God. There was no victory like this victory. That's why we continue to drink. And we continue to repair and then we continue to share those living waters that flow from these bellies. That's why, so that those who have not experienced this can have what we have and receive what we have received and be saved like we've been saved. That's why we all still come to drink. Now I'm going to share one lengthy piece of scripture real quickly. It's John 19:31 through 37. It talks about with Jesus on the cross. It says, therefore, because it was the preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath for that Sabbath was a high day. The Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and the other who was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe. For these things were done with the scripture should be fulfilled. For not one of his bones shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. Now, let me go off on a quick tangent real quick. We know his legs were not broken because it fulfills prophetic scripture about the Messiah. We also know about the blood. You have to have the blood for atonement. But notice in verse 34, it says blood and water came out. Why blood and water? We know that there's already water in all of our blood. So why mention water being separate of the blood? We know what the blood does, but that there's power in that water. We know that we must continually draw from it. Once you've been sealed in the blood, you're sealed in the blood. The blood doesn't go away. You've been born of that. You were sealed in it. But you must continue to draw from the water. Jesus was fully man, but he was no ordinary man, church. He was fully God. And because of that, we have the faith in him that you are no longer ordinary either. When you've taken him on in spirit and in truth, guess what? You're no longer ordinary. You are extraordinary extraordinary you now live in the supernatural now you still walk in natural realms but you are supernatural so that means you must drink from the well and you must let the water flow Isaiah forty one, seventeen and 18 says this the poor and the needy seek water but there is none their tongues fail for thirst I the Lord will hear them I the God of Israel will not forsake them I will open rivers of desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys, I will make the wilderness a pool of water and dry land springs of water. You become those pools of water for them. You bring forth the water. Because guess what? Sometimes they will not come in here. So you go to them. You speak that word. You show that love. You bring the supernatural to them and you become the rivers of living water for them. But church... You can just sit here and be thirsty. God won't make you drink. You know the saying, you can bring a horse to water. You know the rest. He can place you in situations where it's blazing hot, where it feels like you just ran a marathon, where you ate a whole box of crackers, but he will not make you drink because he gives you free will. And you can look at the mountain that sits in front of you every day And you can tell yourself there's no way that that flowing water will cut through that. But if there's a grand canyon that he spoke into existence, then how can he not do that for you? You can look at that huge metallic monstrosity that's in your life and say water ain't doing nothing. But I've seen too many pieces of metal rust and break down to say there's no way God wouldn't do that for me. You can see all the death and decay that's been in your life and wonder just what is living water going to do for you? But if I've seen water wash away leprosy, take away blinded eyes, strengthen lame legs, wash away all my sins, how can it not restore life? So how do you say, how do you drink from this living water? Well, it's very simple. And it starts with the natural. It starts with the carnal even. Because here's the reality. We will find ourselves in places that will go out of our way to get to the source. Because if you ever go to a concert, where does everybody want to be? Up front. There's a reason people want to get out of the nosebleeds and get to the front. When people go to red carpet events, they get as close as they can to the people of the red carpet. They'll pay exorbitant prices to get as close as they can. They'll press and press to get as close to the source as they can. My wife says, hey, this ticket to get up to the front is $125. Oh, you're crazy. There's no way to do that. Oh, wait. it's to go see Big Poppy for his last game with the Red Sox through town? Third base dugout with the Red Sox? Oh, man, let's buy four. And instead of sitting third tier upper deck, guess where we were? Right up here in my Red Sox jersey with my Red Sox cap on. Let's go Red Sox. And I'm standing and I'm shouting. I got Red Sox, and Rangers fans yapping at me. I'm like, oh, when's the last time y'all won the World Series? Oh, never? Ha. I'd say things and I'd do things that were not natural. Why? Because I was willing to let go. So what you do is you take the natural and you press forward until you get yourself into a position that you'll do the unnatural. And when you press forward and you get yourself out of the natural, oh, but I'm afraid or I'm not willing, forget that. Drop the natural to the side and let yourself go. Because there's no doubt God will do anything he wants, wherever he wants. But when you say, hey, I'm willing to go past the natural. And just like, and you can pick whatever it is, whatever you'll like, whatever you would spend, To get as close as you could to the thing that's most important to you. You say, I will do that. I will go there. I will be there no matter what. That's when you'll drink. That's when you'll push. That's when you'll get through. Because if you'll do that for a concert or sporting event or to go see a family member, then you can do it for Jesus. That's when you'll drink. Stand with me this morning and musicians, if you'll come and you might scream out this morning, brother will, but I'm so torn up and I'm so wounded. How can I even be worthy of sharing this living water? I'm so scared. I'm so angry. I'm so worried and stressed out in my life right now. I'm I'm confused. I'm not even sure about all this yet. Here's the reality. None of us in this room right now have it all figured out. If we all had it figured out and if we were all completely perfect, none of us would be here. Absolutely none of us. But it's very simple. You start with one thing. You press to the well and you start to drink. You start to restore. You start to transform and you start to renew that's all you do God will do the rest but the first thing you have to do is drink let the water flow turn on the faucet get to the source the water flows today church will you drink will you drink freely today they're going to play and sing the question is will you worship him this morning will you drink from the source these altars are open this morning if you want to come forward this morning to the source and drink step up and take your drink of what is rightfully yours it doesn't ever shut off it doesn't ever stop it's yours to drink from fully this morning something is lacking and inadequate.